welcome to episode 53 of Three Point Podcast. This is the podcast that has a special look at the sports world and current events from three different generations. I'm the wise old guy, Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio. Our middleman and social media expert is Matt Burns of ESPN and our millennial viewpoints coming from Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State U and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our partners include Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, Corona Public Schools, and our podcast studio, Z92.5 The Castle. Subscribe, give us a rating on Apple iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud or TuneIn, and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 3PointPod. But guys, we're going to start this podcast with this old hippie been going to a lot of concerts lately, and I know, Matt, you and I have a little bit in common with one of the guys. This is, we're recording this Friday night, and Thursday night, it was Bob Seeger at uh, the Dow the Event Center in uh, Saginaw. It used to be called the Saginaw Civic Center. I'll set the stage for you a little bit on this. My wife, yesterday morning, about 9 o'clock, sends me a text. She says, Ted, do you want to go tonight? You want to cancel recording the pod? Because Jared and I were going to record the pod. <laughs> no, you got to, uh, we recorded one. Well, so we'll it's, get, like, it's the lost pod. We recorded one, it, it but is. the sound quality was so poor that we couldn't even do it. So we were going to re-record it Thursday night. And she texted me yesterday morning and says, hey, you think you can uh, cancel the, uh, the pod recording if I can get front row tickets to see Bob Seeger?" I said, uh, yeah, I think I could do that. So anyway, she hooked it up. We had front row seats. I'm, I'll tell you how much they were. And I think it's a pretty good deal, really. I've never been to a concert before in the front row. They opened up yesterday, 150 bucks. Now, that's that's a pretty good deal, isn't it? No, yeah, that's not bad at all because I saw, I mean, ours were a little more than that, uh, and then we bought them, like, last year. But I think I saw Van Andel, they were going for over 300 Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's a hell of a deal. And, and, and it was the real deal. I mean, we showed up there. You know, I felt like uh, a, a VIP. We're walking past all the peons, you know, and we get right to the front row. <laughs> Front row, almost front row center. And, I mean, I'm just giddy because, you know, I've gone to concerts since 1973. I've seen Seeger now three times. Saw him in 75. He was on his Catman Do tour. I saw him at Finch Fieldhouse. Do you even know where that's at, Jared? Finch no, Fieldhouse in I Mount no, Pleasant. No that's where they used to play college basketball games before they built the new. For well, Central Michigan, that's where they played? Central Michigan, Can yeah. I, now, before you get too deep. I will I get too like deep. I feel like a lot of listeners are um, – that are my age are probably wondering this as well. Okay. Uh, Bob Seeger. Go ahead. Don't know much about him. What are his hits? What does he have? You oh, guys both man. apparently love him. Jared, Jared, you just made me cringe when you said that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I was like thinking about it like when I saw I think he fan. might be wrong. I mean, I, I think there's a fair share of millennials that uh, enjoy well, like Bob big, Seeger. big hit? Well, did you ever see the movie Risky Business with Tom Cruise by chance? Yeah, pretty good. He did the, Wait, he did the underwear scene singing... Uh, what was it? Old time rock and roll, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, old time rock and roll. Obviously, turn the page is probably the one. Yeah, I mean, that's probably his biggest hit. That is. And then the, the old Chevy commercials, like a like rock. a rock. <laughs> not but. not ringing a bell for me personally. All right. Well, instead of doing an educational thing here for Jared and his <laughs> young friends, Google Bob Seger and you'll see what we're talking yeah, we about. Yeah, we just isolated a whole like demographic. Probably and he is he is an old time rocker. I mean, he was one of the originals. I mean, he's 73 years old and he's still out there doing it, but he still has the energy level of a lot younger people. And he's coming off. Well, Matt, you went to the concert that got postponed originally because he had back problems, right? Yeah, we were, it was last year. So, uh, the tour that he was going to do last year, he hadn't announced it was going to be his final one last year, but we were the next show. So, I mean, my wife and I were giddy. The show down here in South Carolina, and then he announced he had to get back surgery. So it, 
I mean, you feel bad for him, you know, obviously everything went well, but it was kind of funny, like when I told people, going to this concert, but the guy has to get back surgery because he threw it out or whatever, <laughs> just makes it seem like he's kind of old or whatever, but. And he is. Oh, you, you said it, he, he can still rock, I mean, does he sound like he's 30 anymore, you know, obviously not, but, I mean, he, he still sounds great to me, uh. It was amazing. And maybe it's the I, – I did a post on Facebook after the show. Maybe it's the – you know, he's from Michigan. That's part of it. You know, there's, that, there's that tie. A lot of people from Michigan are, you know, have that connection with him. And I grew up listening to him. My parents are the same way as you, Ted. Saw him a bunch of times in the 70s and stuff. So, I mean, I, I grew up listening to Bob Seger. Still, like, he, he might be one of my favorite, favorite uh, you know, musical artists of all time. So, it was, it was awesome for me. You know, Jared, you have an eclectic musical taste, I must say. You like a lot of uh, classic rock and roll bands like Journey and, and different bands from my era, yeah. so I, I kind of can appreciate your taste in music, country music. You know, you go the whole gamut, which is the way I really am myself. I mean, I, you know, I, I may not like some of the hip-hop that you're into, but, you know... <laughs> Does Eminem qualify? I mean, maybe he's getting a little long in the tooth, too. But, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of his stuff. I, some of Drake's stuff. I told you I liked uh, Post Malone, a couple of his songs. So my musical tastes kind of go along the gamut, all, all over the board, too. Yeah, I, th I think yours do. Uh, you Like you said, you've... Although I will say this, yesterday Post Malone was playing on the radio when we were in here. I wasn't quite and sure. And you didn't know who it was. That's true. So well, I feel like that comment was kind of thrown out there. tracks that sound a little different, though. So, like, if you're not really familiar with his music. I could see how you could miss that. Well, well let's make it clear. I, I'm not any kind of Post Malone expert by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. Okay, so, no, Jared, I, I think if you, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way as Ted. Like, I, you have a decent, uh, I don't know, range of musical interests. I think if you really gave Seeger a chance, yes. especially if you and some buddies were, you know, at a bonfire in Corona, <laughs> so, you know, those bonfire parties out in the field or whatever. Mm -hmm. Seeger, I mean, that, there's nothing better to listen to when you're sitting on a beach or something like that or just hanging out, you, you know, just... That'll be my research Seeger. for the next pod. I tell you, I'll, listen, yeah, do do, I'll just do a Bob Seeger search. Call it up on top, Spotify or yeah, whatever. Top three songs that show up, whatever the most popular okay. ones are, I'll give a listen to, and, right. I'll, and I'll report back. But what's it like being, like, front row at a concert? Like That's, that's actually, I was going to ask that because, Ted, we talked off air mm -hmm. before we started recording. My wife and I, when we were at the show, we, we our seats were really good, too. Uh, we weren't front row. But we were talking, like, is that one of those things, like, at, you know, at a movie, it's, you think it's cool to be front row, but then you're so close, like, you can't even see the whole movie screen? Was it similar to that, or was it was it really cool being front row? No, I was a little concerned with that, because, I you know, I know they have the raised-up stage, and I was wondering, geez, am I going to be just looking at their feet, or am I going to be able to see the back of the stage? But... Uh, to, to lay it right on the table for you, it was uh, it was a mind altering experience. I mean, it was <laughs> the stage is you know up maybe uh, maybe five foot. My wife's about that height, you know. <laughs> but for me, I'm a little taller. But you're you're sitting a little bit away from the stage. You know, they got like a safety security fence in front of you. And here's what they do. I don't know if you've had a chance to notice it before, but you know, the people, the cameramen that are putting the the, the video up on the screen. They're right kind of in front of you walking along. There's two of them. There's one walking on the left side right in front of the front row, and there's one walking along the, uh, the right side. So they're, you know, they're, they're zooming in on the people up on the stage, and that's where you're getting the video. But uh, to answer your question, you can see everything going on. I mean, the only thing I couldn't see was when Seeger sang a couple songs when he was behind the piano. That was to my right. So he's sitting down at the piano, and I could see the top of his head, but I couldn't see his face. That's the only time that I couldn't see him. The rest of the time, I mean, he was w walking back and forth across the stage. He was sitting right in the center of the stage when he slowed it down, you know, and played the acoustic guitar. But to, 
really, to answer the final question, I don't know if I could ever go to a concert again and and not miss being in the front row. That's how awesome it three, was. Three-part question for you, and okay. this will really decide like how good of a time you had. Okay. Were you sitting the whole time? Never sat once. You had to stand. You better not. I was hurting. I was hurting <laughs> yeah, I was big guessing. time when I got home. I was standing and jamming and dancing the to whole time. To help with that. Did Never you, sat once. Did you have, and this is the two and three, did you have any beer? Uh, I had a beer. Like just one, one. Just one beer. Like, what does that do for you? Like, it just I, I never good. get it when people do. Do you like the taste of beer? That's, I do like the taste so like, of is beer. Is that something that grows on you? That's what I hear. It does. Oh, absolutely. What do you think, Matt? I'd say so. It's, I mean, you get past that college stage where you're just trying to smash them right. to the buzz. Like, <laughs> yeah. you actually enjoy drinking it. That's wild yeah. to me. And then third question, to help with some of that pain, did you have some of the devil's lettuce? Uh, let's just say that uh, there may have been a little tune-up for the Greta Van Fleet show I went to. <laughs> A week ago, which I'll talk about as well. But this one, I didn't have a lot of time. It was just hop in the car, go. We got there. You know, the warm-up act was just winding down, and I didn't want to miss any of it having mm-hmm. front-row seats. So to answer your question, no, it was just the one beer. What was the, what was the uh, overall crowd like at your show uh, at, at ours? There were some people my age. Um, you could tell probably similar. They grew up listening to it with their parents or something. But overall, it was people like my parents' age or your age, Ted, and you could tell they were, I mean, like you were last night, reliving their, their youth, like they were back in uh, back in the 70s or whatever. Oh, there, oh there's no doubt. This show, I would say 75, a solid 75% was my generation, 50 years or, or older. Did you see yeah. a single person like my age? Oh, absolutely. There was a, there was a girl, the oh. one that really hooked us up with the tickets, her, she took her daughter, and the daughter was like to our right, right front center, and she was she took kind of a selfie of herself with the lead guitarist. Okay, here's a story for you. So the lead guitarist, when the show got over with, he sent word down. The, the girl's pretty good looking girl. He sent word down, had her go backstage to to, you know, to meet up with him. She went back there kind of naively, thought well, you know maybe she'd get another photo op. He 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 flat out said, hey, you want to go out for some drinks? So you know what that move That's was. Awesome. That's a move, but she turned right around and came back. Back flipping the story to Greta Van Fleet. Man, you just aired out that guy's laundry. I had, that oh, he got shut down. Yeah, he got shut down. And then he just went on to the next girl. And Maybe. Probably worse. Probably. Probably. But uh, there was a lot more of that at Greta Van Fleet. Because this was coming your age group, yeah. right? I'll, I'll tell you right now. We'll kind of you got more on Bob Seger. I guess we didn't hear your experience, Matt. Let's let's get into that first. I mean, uh, I kind of told it. I mean, that was basically it. I mean, just you know, we waited over a year. I mean, since it got canceled <laughs> for so the anticipation. I mean, we were just couldn't wait to go. You know, and my wife's my wife's parents listened to Bob Seger too growing up. So we both similar bow. It was amazing. I mean, like it, it's one of those things. Like if I had a chance to go sit front row, it'd be different. But it was like. I don't know if I would want to go see him again if I had the chance because, like, everything about that was – it was, like, perfect. It was an amazing show. Um, I mean, it, it's something like it, like a once-in-a-lifetime type of experience. So, Did you have a favorite awesome. moment, a favorite moment at all? Favorite song or is it Turn the Page? Turn the Page, man, when uh, Alto Reed played the saxophone. I, I knew it was coming. Yep. My dad had told me some stories about, you know, like back in the day when they would play that song and – Alto Reed would be up, like, standing on a speaker, you know, do something crazy like that, playing his his saxophone solo. So I, I was waiting for that moment. And Seeger started telling the story about, you know, how he wrote it in Wisconsin. They recorded yep. it in Oklahoma. And I was, like, I was elbowing my wife. I was like, this is it, this is it, here it comes. And <laughs> sure enough, 
lights go down and the spotlight goes on Alto Reed and man, it's it was like it gives me chills even just talking about it. It was awesome. Yeah, it's one of those songs I can sing every single every single word of that song with no problem. That could be my go-to karaoke if I had a voice because sure. I, I can sing <laughs> that one. That was a great show, no doubt about it. And Jared, definitely look up Bob Seger and give it a listen. Will do. Now I got a segue from that to the youngsters, Greta Van Fleet from Frankenmuth. I mean. We had a chance to go see them down at the Fox Theater, and if you've never seen a show at the Fox Theater, I highly recommend that, number one. And number two, and you guys got to take my word for this, there's no concert like a Detroit concert. Detroit <laughs> music fans, I don't know what it is, but they really get it. I mean, there's just, a, there's just a feel. When you go into one of those venues, I don't care if it was Joe Lewis Arena, Kobo Arena, you know, I think Detroit really got screwed when Cleveland got the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it belonged in Detroit. That's just like a funny funny comment that like everyone says. Like, New York, New York, they just know basketball. Like, those fans, like, they just know basketball. I feel like every city has something like that. They say that. About I know, and I'm saying it for rock and roll. I'm, I'm saying it because... How do you know music? Like, how do you know... Well, well, first of all, I have gone to so many concerts in my life. I, I think I can... I think I can at least impart a little wisdom on this with my 62 years. You do have a bit of a fetish for concerts. Oh, it's a huge thing. I mean, I was addicted to them when I was your age. When I went to my first concert, this is a group called Uriah Heep. I don't know if you've ever heard of that group at all. No. They, oh, yeah. I've heard of them. They've had some good music, but i that's the very first concert I went to was in, in 1973 at Cobo Hall in Detroit. And from the moment I went in there, you know, and I was talking to Joe Smith on the way home tonight from the ball game. Concerts, rock concerts, have not changed one bit in all these years. Maybe you, except for the price of admission. Oh, that has changed, and the and the ticket availability has changed. Right. But the actual performance, the actual show hasn't changed. There's always a warm-up act, you know, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be playing uh, rock music or music in the big speakers before the warm-up act hits the stand. The warm-up act leaves the, leaves the stage. You got about a 20-minute break before, while they set up for the main act. The main act comes out. They, they bust ass, especially in Detroit. And then depending on, uh, depending on the group, you're going to get at least a good solid encore. And if they're really working the crowd right, you're getting two or three encores. Seeger did two. Yep. It was incredible. Now, Greta Van Fleet, on the other hand, only did one, but they're still working on their music library. But the thing that impresses me about Greta Van Fleet, and I really feel like I'm uh, just dominating this conversation here, by the way. <laughs> it's all good. We're, we're all ears. We're loving it. <laughs> Greta Van Fleet, Jared, think about this. You've talked many times about these top-notch college football players that are your age, you know, yeah. like these quarterbacks that are in the national stage and have the light shining on them and performing like they do. Think about these guys. you got three brothers from the little town of Frankenmuth, and one of their best friends is the drummer. The lead singer sounds like Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. That's Sam Kiska. Or no, actually, that's Josh Kiska, his brother Jake. I didn't realize this. He's a phenomenal guitarist, and they're, you know, they're 21 years old. I mean, I don't know how he got so good. And then, and you then, gotta, no, well, Sorry to cut you up, but you got to tell Matt. So Matt in our uh, Forever Lost Pod. You know who? You know who he said like the best guitarist is nowadays. Go ahead and say it. Who did I say? I can't remember. Keith Urban. No, I was trying. That's to... That's what you said. Oh, That's I... what you said. I, 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 I didn't say he was the best. I was trying to think of somebody that you could relate to. Now Keith, I, I know 
rock music, really, or guitarist, has all evolved to country. And I said, Keith Urban, uh, who's the guy that always does the, the shows with uh, Carrie Underwood? Paisley. Brad Paisley. Okay, okay, Mr. Big Shot. Who would you say? <laughs> That's what I, there's, there's no, like, I don't know, like. Isn't Keith Urban good? I, I don't think he's much of like, he does a shred on the guitar. He Doesn't he? Music. <laughs> not, not that I know of. He won but. some awards recently and stuff, so I, he's got to be up there I anyway. think he's At up there. Country. Who is like the, the, the main guitarist nowadays? Like I know like Travis Barker, he's like the drummer. I don't know like the guitar. Like Maybe someone like from Avenged Sevenfold or something Could like be. that. But I have no idea That's that a good is. question. That'd be a good, good poll question maybe, Matt. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to do that. But uh, now I know some of your friends, Jared. You still aren't on the Greta Van Fleet bandwagon, right? No, I like Greta Van Fleet, but it's not nearly as much as you like them. Well, do you think it's you think it's more Can hype than reality, don't you? I I've never you put that into my mouth right there, but no, I've never said that it's more hype than reality. I just think they're it's like people like you are like you know not not to kind of no wait let's, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. You're with going this. with you're, 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 you're doing ageism is what you're doing. Was, like the whole Led Zeppelin angle and. You just love them because it just reminds you of your youth. No, it doesn't remind me of my youth. Here's what uh, here's what it is. You love no, you like I like that kind like, of music. You, you want to be like the hip, older. Oh, guy, you're like, so full of crap. <laughs> that isn't it. I like that kind of music. Okay, you like hip hop. You like your your what's Post Malone, right? Yeah, he's your favorite. Would you say he's your favorite? Uh yes, I would say him. All yeah. right, so so if he's your favorite, you like that kind of music. Mm -hmm. So what's wrong with liking a young group, which Let's face it, and Matt, I think you can back me up on this. Rock and roll music, all there are out there are the old geezers like Bob Seger nowadays playing that music. How many young young rock and rollers are there? There's not any out there. Not many. Not, not playing that kind of music. You know, there's bands like Imagine Dragons or, you know, some other yeah. like that. Kind of alternative. That, like classic rock type of feel. Does it, is it kind of weird, like, <laughs> fanboying for, like, guys that are, like, my age? It probably oh, is. Josh, You're obviously Josh, think it's weird. There's, but. Josh, there's Greta Van Fleet. There they are. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because uh, the Seeger crowd was 75% uh, older guys and older w women, obviously, and younger fans, too, but 75% probably my age group. Greta Van Fleet, surprisingly enough, I think it was more 50-50. Mm -hmm. There was a lot, of, a lot of people our age there, but obviously there was, uh, well, let me tell you, there was some talent there. <laughs> That 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 girls band has a, oh know. yeah that band has a following. There were some some girls there that were looking obviously to get backstage. They're they're rock stars, man. They're, I'm telling you right now. They're not struggling at all for that. But I I think probably there are there is that crowd. I mean, kind of like what you're saying, Ted. You know, an, an older crowd, if you want to say, looking for you know some new music. Like yeah. They want to hear something new, and they don't like the sound of today's rock and roll or whatever you want to say. And their, their sound is more classic, so, yeah, it appeals to people like that, you know? Yeah, and I have, to, I have to admit this, guys. I mean, rock and roll, the kind of rock and roll I like are what's go. called classic rock, right? It's kind of died. It really has. Those damn millennials. Uh, well, that's what happens. Music does go in cycles. I, so that's something I like about uh, Greta Van Vliet is that it kind of has, like, for the first time, I feel like, Younger generation, like older generation, kind of come together and like the same. Yeah, band, you know, and that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. I like that we both like the same band. And let's 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 close this. But, and I actually like them. Unlike you, yeah, Post Malone, he's really good. Listen, now that's you're just being very unfair to this old guy here. <laughs> just because I don't know every one of his songs and I don't know immediately when it's on the radio that it's Post Malone, didn't I at at a, at a previous 
uh, pod say, hey, I saw him on some award show. I really liked, I liked the song he was playing. Am I a Post Malone fan? I can't say that. I don't know enough about him, but maybe, you know Check what? It. That's your research. I'll do my research. I'll do <laughs> yeah. that. That's fair enough. The thing I've always talked about, too, with some of my buddies and, like, you know, having grown up listening to classic rock, and that actually might now be, like, my favorite genre of music. I mean, except for, you know, maybe what I grew up with. But, like, classic rock, it might sound cliche saying this, but that music is, it honestly is timeless. It is. That, that music will live... I mean, it'll live on forever because, like, I think about if I, when I grow up, you know, I, I grew up listening to my parents' music, and if, you know, my daughter or whatever, if I was going to play her the music I grew up listening to, I'm not going to, like, let her listen to some of those Eminem tracks or some of this other, like, rap and hip-hop that I listened to growing up because, well, one, I, you know, I, I might just not listen to it, but it's not, it doesn't have that timeless feel, you know what I mean? Not Not to mention, like, the profanity and stuff like that but you know like classic rock it just lives on through all the generations i think that's a pretty good point you'd have to admit jared that some of the some of the hip-hop stuff is not uh, g-rated yeah. whatsoever uh, yeah 100 percent. And, and a lot of the hip-hop stuff i don't like, like right. you know the everyone's like called like little something now like right. little, little yachty right. and and all that stuff i got like little zon like i, I don't really like those guys they all got mouthfuls of grills yeah <laughs> little tay <laughs> yeah, it's just some. There's some weird names and not very good music. Well, well, we have some research projects, and you know, at a future pod, I think Jared, you, I don't know if you'll be excited about this or you're thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. But uh, I don't know. There's been some buzz about uh, your dad and me and some of his buddies maybe going down to uh, faster horses. I think that would be fun. That you guys have think really that'd be all right. Time. I hope you guys do go. I think you'd have a really good time. I, I'm guaranteeing I'm going for a, probably Saturday night. So, I like it. Yeah. So we'll well, have you got to wait till the lineup comes out. Then you got to pick your. But team. I'll probably go Saturday night anyway. Really? Uh, probably. Who's? I'm the, sure they're going to have a great act. Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, they will. Who would be my favorite? Keith, Keith Urban. Urban. <laughs> he, he is. He's my favorite. He's my favorite country artist. And I was going to wrap this up by saying, you know, really, for a guy like me in my generation and and the music that's out there nowadays. The, the, the country music artists that have the bands with multiple guitars, you know, they got somebody that can really play the drums, then that's today's day and age of rock music when you think about it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what people have said about today's country music is it is more like rock country. It's not like that old twangy, Conway, Twitty type of country music, you know. So, yeah, country music is more the, like, rock and roll, I guess, of today almost. Yeah. All right. Well, we've used up enough of this time on our concert reviews and music. But before we get to talking a little sports, I want to tell you about uh, some good things going on at Rivals Tap House and Grill. I mean, on Super Bowl Sunday, they have a, a great deal. They're, they're going to have cornhole in the morning. They're going to have all kinds of food specials, including uh, – I think 50 wings for 30 bucks, just one of their special deals. They've got uh, a, a cornhole league, sto league started there at Rivals, which seems kind of cool. they got the high ceilings there, and I know it's get, it gets a lot of people coming in. Also got uh, a band out there playing on the 19th, just all kinds of things. But definitely, Super Bowl Sunday, you're going to want to check out Rivals, especially with their big projection TV and all the specials they got going on. So check out Rivals Tap House and Grill. All right, guys, uh, where do we want to start in some football? Where do you want to get into here? I think it's, we got to talk about the thing that we, we thought, Matt, we actually joked about this a little bit on the lost pod, Matt, that we, we thought maybe you weren't able to be on the pod because you might have died after watching Michigan uh, just get absolutely <laughs> blitzed by Florida. We were concerned, Matt. We thought you were going to bail because of that loss. 
I, I figured you guys were going to bring it up, so that's the main reason I didn't want to hop on. That was pretty <laughs> ugly, though, huh? Oh, it was. What are your thoughts on the way this season finished for the Wolverines? I mean, obviously the debacle, you know, against Ohio State. Obviously the bowl game, they weren't playing with a full deck, but I don't even want to have that be used as an excuse. Maybe you lose that game, but to get humiliated 41-15, to 15, just thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I mean the defense, I guess, you know, you expect maybe a tad bit of drop-off with those guys. But, yeah, you can't use that as an excuse. Guys have to step up and play. But the offense, it's just the same thing we've been saying for, I don't know, basically all season. Like, I don't know what – what the like plan is for the offense yeah. because like I don't know if you guys remember in the first drive they ran that reverse to uh, Turner he's a freshman he took it like 50 yards or whatever down the sidelines for a touchdown but he ended up he stepped out stepped out, out of bounds yeah but you basically like didn't see another play like that the rest of the game plus you didn't so, see him play a lot until later in the game yeah yeah and, like I I just keep thinking like you you know. We all know football. You know, this isn't, like, breaking news or whatever. But usually you, like, you run plays to set up other plays. And I'm like, okay, on the first drive they run this reverse. So you've now set up a play that you can run the rest of the time. And you just end up, like, running up the middle with Chris Evans and stuff the rest of the game. So, like, I just don't know what what they're doing on offense. I don't get what the plan is on offense. You don't think that they set those up with those stupid little fake to the ha- fake to the running back, fake to the wide receiver on like the end around like drop back passes that they run all the damn time? Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that is what they're trying to set up, but it clearly is not fooling anyone, so right. Right. I will get, now I want to get your guys thoughts on this. I'm glad we lost this game. Okay. Cuz you know, Matt, I'd say it, this was going to be your kind of angle. You were going to spin this season into being a very big success, were you not if we win this no. game? No, not uh, not with the way they lost Ohio State. Even if they won that bowl game. Um, Good. I'm glad to hear that because I feel like a lot of Michigan fans, you know, the Michigan Twitter, the main guys, you know, Steve Bell and, the, and all those guys, they would have tried to say that this was a great building year. And it's just like you said, when you lose to Ohio State the way they did, this season was not a success in any way, shape, or form. And especially when you, we lose to Florida by 30, I think everyone, every Michigan fan can accept that. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm afraid to say this, but I think I agree with this. I believe you put it on uh, on our pod site there on Twitter, Matt, that uh, we got to maybe come to the reality that Michigan is an 8 to 10 to 11 win you know, type of team year in and year out. Maybe we'll knock on a national championship every 20 years or so like they did in 97, but I think maybe our expectations of them being one of the really elite programs and a possible possibility of a national championship year in and year, in, year, in and year out is not going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think like it's, it's like a reality check. I mean, there, you always hear the rumors or, or whatever, people saying that, Michigan fan base is one of the most arrogant fan bases in all of college football, and I think that's true. Me too. Because we, we did, and, and I probably was victim of this too, because Harbaugh was so good in the NFL. He was good at Stanford. We thought he was going to come in and just turn Michigan into basically what Alabama is doing right now. And, I mean, that's just unheard of, what Alabama is doing. So I, the 1997 season that they won the national championship, they – that was, I always say, like, that was an outlier season for Michigan football. Usually, Michigan is 8 to 11 wins, and then, right, like you said, maybe every 15, 20 years you sprinkle in a, you know, everything clicks, they go undefeated, they win a national championship. So, you know, hopefully it's not that. Hopefully Harbaugh can kind of turn things around and, you know, maybe compete for a national championship more, more than every 15 years. But, 
the expectation that we're just going to walk in and beat Ohio State and and beat Florida like that, it's just, you know, something's got to change. Well, what have we seen out of Harbaugh to make us think that they're making that extra step up? I mean, he stabilized the he stabilized the program with a lot of the hype and the and the recruiting he's done, but the, you know, and it's he's obviously made them a solid team again, but do we see anything that can see them make that step up that they got to do to be contending? No, and that was my big takeaway from the Florida game is you just saw Dan Mullen step into Florida in his first year. Look how well he's he coached. He's done more than right. Harbaugh's done in four years in Michigan, just it's, in one year. It's a concern. It's definitely a concern. And just, I don't know about you guys, but with the people I was watching the game with, it, it was a big debate for about an hour during the game, you know, should we fire Harbaugh? And that's the first time, like, I felt like it was really a 50-50 debate mm-hmm. between Michigan fans, whether or not they wanted him gone or not. And that just kind of surprised me. Because I, for one, I don't, and we, this is what everybody says, like, who would we get instead? Right. That's not, like, important to this argument, I don't think. It's, you know, just the fact that people kind of want him gone. Just I'm not crazy. on. Four years ago, he was our savior. I know. I'm not on that. I'm not on that page yet, but I'm starting to get some of the doubt creeping in that they can make that next step up. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully he brings in another, you know, somebody that can run that offense and, and, and can, you know, play college football offense the way you got to, the way the top teams do, mm-hmm. and not be stubborn. And, again, I don't know what happened to the, the fiery Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. I, I see the camera pan over there, and, of course, I'm not seeing him game it throughout the full game because the camera's not always on him. But he just, you know, I want to see somebody that's going to throw their headset once in a while and get the attention of the team when they're playing like shit. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I think I, I tweeted it out, too, from the, the three-point pod site, um, you know, you watch the other college, the, the bowl games. I didn't watch all the bowl games just because there were some terrible matchups. Terrible. The, when I did watch, all these other teams just seem to be so much more creative, you know, with their play calling. And it doesn't have to be, like, crazy double pass, trick play, you know, all this, like, crazy stuff. It's not necessarily that. It's just, like, you know, doing a little motion, different formations, kind of stuff Harbaugh did that first year he was at Michigan. And, you know, the offense was actually really good. But, you know, it's just so generic now, I feel like, the offense that we're running. I mean, we got, like, yeah, everyone loves Ben Mason when he, like, comes in and smashes two linebackers and gains four yards for a full first down. But, like, if we're being honest, we're running single back Ben Mason in the backfield as a running back. Like, that is not going to get it done in today's college football. Like, it, it's cool when it works for a one-yard touchdown run, but, like, we're not going to win very big football games when when that's our go-to short yardage offense no not at all and one team we did have it better than though (laughs) matt and i think you guys know where i'm going with this michigan state (laughs) seven to six they lose to oregon i love that game (laughs) that was a that was just a god-awful game first of all to watch i mean it was just boring as hell but it was almost like so it was so comically bad like you got Oregon yeah. running like the the wing gate right. in the middle of the field getting sacked you got Lewerke losing his mind bobbling the snap whipping up an interception that was terrible it, i loved watching it as somebody that hates michigan state you're right I, and i hope i they, couldn't believe it like i i did not watch that game i didn't watch one play of that game but i like hopped on the app to check the score and saw 7 to 6 assumed it was the first quarter score saw the final, you know, next to the score, and I was like, oh, my God, that must have been the worst game ever to watch. It was terrible. And, I, I, unfortunately, I watched the second half at Rivals. The only thing that saved me there was I took Jared up on his pizza pucks. They were very good. Those things are money. <laughs> they are money. <laughs> 
freaking delicious. I, I can't recommend those enough to people who want something to eat during their Something a little different. Mug. It's different. You don't expect to order it. They're, they're very good. I so, did laugh, too. You know, the you know the Sports Center top ten is a big thing, but there's the Sports Center not top ten. That Lewerke play was number three. Ooh. Sports Center not top ten. That made, that made me laugh. I thought Jared would appreciate that. That was ugly. There was one, and this is, do you guys want the good or the bad news for Michigan? I, I got to go back to Michigan for one last thing I didn't get quite get out. Surprise us. So I'll give you the good first. So okay. the good, Quinn Nordine, the asshole kicker that we all hated, he's right. gone. He's I love gone. that. The guy that Jim Harbaugh stayed the night at his house, he's gone. Didn't I love he call Harbaugh that. an MFer? Yeah. <laughs> Said okay. something probably a lot of people wanted to say, but he's a kicker, so you don't get to say that. So he's gone. You. He's gone. Uh, bad news for us, Ohio State just got uh, Georgia's backup quarterback, Justin Fields, five-star recruit. Uh, how do you guys read that? Good. It's just uh, uh, really strange. <laughs> It's just, I mean, he's. I kind of wanted to see because I feel like Tate Martell wasn't going to be as as good as people kind of thought he was going to be, as we saw against Michigan. That every time they brought him in for the Wildcat, that was the only time we stopped him off. Right, the only time. I kind of wanted to see what he would do at quarterback, but just another three years of a stud quarterback. Well, here's the, here's what we talked about again in our lost episode, and to kind of reset it, Jared and I recorded a podcast the other night, but uh, let's just say we had some major technical difficulties, and we had a lot of a lot of probably our A game stuff in that podcast, that unfortunately is lost forever, right? It's it's gone forever. I have it, but the quality is horrible. <laughs> For some reason, your mic just shut off about halfway through. Strange. But I was going to say, and we I, we had talked about that in that conversation. That as as much as it pains me to say this, and and I really it almost makes me up chuck right here at the microphone. But let's face it, Ohio State's a better program, better football program than Michigan. Flat and Plain, plain and simple. They had Urban Meyer. He drilled them seven, seven straight years. Seven straight years. The worst season he had was 12 wins. Right. And, and, they, and, and, you know, they had one down year when Sweater Vest left, and they had Fickle in there. But then they bring Meyer in, and that's just all turned around. Matt, thoughts on that? Because you're kind of our number one Michigan guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty disgusting uh, to think about it. I mean, Fields comes in, and, I mean, he, he's going to have to put in a waiver to the NCAA like Patterson did, and, you know, so he doesn't want to sit out a year. But, you know, so if he's eligible this year, they're just going to keep right on ticking. You know, I think it's similar to, like, what we've talked about with the Lions having, like, such a losing culture. Like, guys just go in there and it's like you, you just you just you have that feeling of being on a losing team when you play for the Lions. I feel like it's the complete opposite with Ohio State. Like, yeah. you just have that feeling kind of like Alabama. They're just better than everyone. You know, like, in the Big Ten, like, yeah – Michigan's got the number one recruiting class this year in the Big Ten. That's, I guess, not counting Justin Fields coming in. But I, I don't think Ohio State cares. I think they just know that they're better than Michigan right now, and I don't think they're, like, scared of Harbaugh or, you know, anything like that. I think Ohio State, they just, they just know they're better than everyone in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that simple, and it's, it's in black and white. So, I mean, how can anybody argue it, you know? Exactly. Can I, so can and I, you know, I, they obviously get a ton of talent, so that helps. But they, they must have, I don't know if it's the assistant coaches, strength and conditioning program, you know, all of that stuff. But I hear people, like, down here at the SEC Network, they talk about when they go, you know, to do stories on schools and stuff like that, about the strength and conditioning programs of some of these schools down here, and especially, like, Alabama and LSU and stuff. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know if, if Michigan, they were posting all these pictures before the season started this year of these guys, like, putting on a ton of muscle and everything. But it just seems like... Guys at Ohio State, obviously Alabama, I mean, even Clemson, are just, like, bigger. And, yeah, faster. You know, I don't know, just more fit or something. So, I don't know. 
I don't know if there's anything to that, but. No, well, I mean, we saw it with the Michigan Ohio State. It just looked like the, the fourth string wideout looks like the best athlete on the field against Michigan's corners and secondary. Like, it was just a joke. They just, they're so much, they just seem like so much better athletes, exactly like you said, Matt. Is there any hope? I mean, can Michigan turn it around and, and turn the tide and become what Ohio State has been for the last 10 years, you know, and start? They got to start by beating Ohio State, number one. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think they can. I, I, I still have faith in Harbaugh. I still think he's one of the best coaches, at least in the Big Ten, if not, you know, the country, one of the best anyway. I think, like you said, though, he's got to swallow his pride, and I don't know if he's got to get just uh, flat out get an offensive coordinator or get a co-offensive coordinator with him to, you know, change up the offense because it's clear that, cool, we're bringing in all these stud wide receivers, these guys that are fast, you know, these dual threat type guys, our, our wide receivers already are some of the best in the country, but I mean, we don't really do anything with them. We don't create mat mismatches with them. So what does it matter? But that's kind of like my problem. And that's kind of why I think he's not that good. Like, I don't want to say he's not that good of a coach. I love that he keeps us in the headlines. I love that he gets recruits. I love the storylines. I love how crazy he is. And you know, the glasses and being in rap videos and he's, stuff, Yeah, he's a weirdo. but he's got an ego. And I, I just yep. don't see him bringing in like a, spread offense like completely switching like he's just not going to relinquish like the reins like he you know he has like saying everything on that Michigan team well he almost has to relinquish the reins somewhat think he's going to do it I, unfortunately you're probably right you know you're probably and right I feel like that's what makes a good coach is you know constantly evolving constantly learning and I feel like he's kind of hasn't done that well let's segue from him to I was, I was gonna say something real quick that I, I just remembered I was gonna bring up and then, then we can move on okay uh, that's fair uh, I think I've brought it up on this pod before one of my buddies here I worked with him up in Bristol, work with him here. He's Donovan Peoples-Jones' cousin, and I was talking to him the other day. He's obviously he's a huge Michigan fan, too, and I was talking to him the other day. He said he talked to Donovan, like, over the break or whatever, and he said that, you know, Harbaugh is the final say when it comes to calling the plays, but, you know, there's all, the, like, there's, there's a passing game coordinator, there's a running game coordinator, even Jim McElwain, when he was there, apparently was the red zone offense like coordinator, if you want to call it that. So he said what kind of happens most of the time is the running game coordinator will suggest a running play. Passing game will suggest a passing play. In the red zone, McElwain would suggest a play for the red zone offense, and then Harbaugh would basically make the final decision. I don't, like, to me, that just it just seems like a mess. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds <laughs> yeah, like – Seriously. That's why we take so long also. Like, we can't ever run a hurry-up because apparently there's, like, nine people trying to call a play, and then Harbaugh has to pick the best one. Like it just—it doesn't seem—it just seems like a mess to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's too too old school and too stubborn. He needs to get a good young offensive mind as an offensive coordinator. He still has the final say, right? Like an offensive coordinator in big programs, even Nick Saban, he has the final say on the play call. I don't. I feel like maybe in like a key situation, oh, absolutely. he does. But I feel like other times he just kind of you know lets them. No, run. I no, I agree with you. He lets the offensive coordinator run the show, but he still has he still has that power where if he doesn't agree with that play, he's going to make his own play. That that's why he's the greatest coach there is. I mean, I think he can definitely give his input, but I know like when Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator with Alabama, like he was calling plays. So I'm, I'm sure Saban could definitely step in if he wanted to. And I also, but I mean, that's the point of hiring an offensive coordinator. Yep. Is we're using your offense. So. And you also see with Saban, like he would yell at Lane Giffen's. Right. Like, that's when you right. know that. He, I don't know if it's so true that he has the final. Yeah, you might be calls, right. I guess know? I, I guess I assume that if that Saban would override. But what you're, what you're basically saying is Kiffin made all the calls. Saban, would no matter what, and then K, Saban would would. Uh, 
backseat drive after the play failed, right? Yeah. And get it's into like, it. I always feel like it was when they weren't running the ball. Like, he just always wanted to run the ball more, you know? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, let's se- – well, Hold on. Before I, and then maybe this is where you're segueing. No, I was I just going to talk about, about the playoffs and yeah, whatnot. about the national championship game on Monday. Okay. Am I the only one that honestly – like, we've heard about the Clemson-Alabama fatigue. I feel like this is the first year that I kind of feel it as well. You know, obviously they've had some yeah. great games. And I think the reason is because, like, in the past, Clemson has been, you know, sort of like the David versus, like, Alabama's Goliath. And now I kind of feel like it's almost like 1A is one one is Alabama, 1A is Clemson, like, atop the rest of, like, college football. Right. And I just feel like it's two Goliaths going at it. Like, there's no one, like, I love watching the Patriots in the Super Bowl because they're super polarizing. And I feel like Alabama has been that in the past in college football, but it's you see it now where they just face Clemson every year. And it's almost—it's just two Goliaths. Like I feel like there's no one you can really root for. Well, it's boring to me. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to see the same two teams every damn year. But I don't know what what does college football do? Yeah, expand the playoff. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> That's what they need to do, I think, is expand the playoff and hope that you know one of these—I don't know if it would be a UCF or you know one of these teams would come in crazy, you know, like motivated to make a statement and you know catch Alabama off guard or something mm-hmm. like that. Because I mean, you had. Jared was all over Kyler Murray thinking that he'd put up 700 yards of offense. He scored, what, 34 points? And that still wasn't enough to beat Alabama. So, so yeah, I mean, these are two best teams in the country. I don't know. You can't blame them. No, there's no debate about that, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't see the problem in, in the downfall of an eight-team playoff, especially with all the bowl games that nobody gives a damn about. You don't think about. it could take away from the regular season? That's what I've said. It's, I know we've had that discussion, but I don't think so. I, I just don't think it w- – what is it? It just it takes away from the regular season, and this is what you get. You get a Michigan team in there, yeah, who's a joke. We saw that. Ohio State maybe is the only team that I that I was like, man, maybe they could have done something. But even that, I like, I don't know if they would stay within two touchdowns of Clemson. Well, you got Ohio State. Even though Georgia lost their bowl game, they got to be one of the top six teams, wouldn't they? I would think, but even, even Texas, with three losses, Texas wouldn't have been in the top eight. It's right. just like, but I, don't, I just, I just, you, when you say watered down the regular season. And we we discussed this, I think, on the last one. The NFL, their regular season I still means something. I, no, it uh, really? because you're you you're, you're playing for you're playing the for seeding, and they but they're in the playoffs. Yeah, well, they get a wild card. They got to play the first weekend. They got to play on the road, so they are penalized. You get the same kind of penalty in an eight-team playoff. We've talked about it before. Why not have an eight-team playoff to start with and have the higher-rated team host that first-round game? Why not? I just I think we'd have the same exact result, Alabama versus Clemson, and the whole regular season would just not be as important. So what was so the, we not only lose we might gain one week of just basically the same exact games of blowouts, but you're going to see a regular season where it's just so you not got as important. You got Alabama and Clemson in the in the championship game, right? Yeah. So what did the regular season mean? What 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 thrill did you get from the regular season this year? Alabama Alabama LSU. Alabama, oh, that, that wet your Alabama, pants? Georgia. I mean, come on, really? Alabama, Georgia. Okay, so there was good college football games this year, but you're saying that the, that you wouldn't still have those games if you had an 18 playoff? I, Alabama, Georgia would not have mattered really at all. Hmm. Well, it, it would have mattered because in an 18 playoff, you know, if, if this is the way it shook out, you know, a lot of people are saying it'd be the Power Five conference champions and then, you know, the three at-large bids. So the, the regular season still means something because you still need to win your conference championship. So that Alabama-Georgia game still means a lot. Oh, there you Alabama go. Alabama-LSU still means a lot to get to the conference championship game. So obviously the Michigan-Ohio State game means a lot to get to the conference championship game. So, I mean, 
yeah, like there's still that side that like you could maybe still lose a game and build back up and get you know back to the conference champion or you know whatever you need to do. But it, I don't I don't buy that it waters down the the regular season because all those games definitely still mean something. You got to be you got to be in the top eight to make the playoffs. So, and there's the other side to it too that yeah we saw what Michigan looked like against Florida. It was it was terrible. But you got to think too like maybe there's a side that if. For example, maybe Georgia or maybe Michigan, if they're in the playoff, maybe some of these guys don't sit out the bowl because they have a chance to play for a national championship. Or, you know, there's more motivation. So maybe some of these teams that kind of laid an egg in their bowl game, it would be completely different if they were playing in the playoff. I agree with that, but I honestly think the only team that would have looked different in a playoff scenario is Georgia. That's the only team I No, I agree. Michigan probably would have got run off the field if they played in the playoff. Mm, But, but, you know, there's that side to it. And what, what's your biggest argument about uh, about expanding the playoffs, Jared? It is the regular season thing. I yeah. just don't think he likes watching more good football. No, I it's just, I just worry. I love college football. More Red Box Bowl. I love college <laughs> football more than anything in the world right now. Okay. And I just worry about messing with something that's not broke. And you look at it; it's these clearly Alabama and Clemson are just way above everybody else. And every year they've pretty much shown that. Yeah. The meeting in the championship game. We haven't really had a year. Since like the BCS Notre Dame versus Alabama, where I felt like the best teams weren't in the championship game. Well, and then the the other argument that is though, college football is kind of ruined with Alabama and Clemson dominating everything. I mean, don't you think that's taken some of like I said, some of the, the excitement away? Start, yeah, you heard that was what I started. Right, it's right. The first year that I've kind of felt that sort of fatigue that people have talked yeah. about in the past. I never really thought that, but it's just I look at it and I just. The Michigan-Ohio State game, I really don't think it would have mattered much. You're right. Michigan still would have been in the playoff. Georgia, and the two most anticipated games of the year, Georgia-Alabama, that game really wouldn't have mattered much. Both those teams would still be in, win or lose. Michigan-Ohio State, another very anticipated game, wouldn't have really mattered. Both of them would have been in. Hey, no I, 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 see well, I, don't, I don't think Michigan would have been in, though, I, because if you're taking the five conference champions and then the three at large, Michigan would have been on the outside looking in. So, I mean, that game still means a lot. Do you th- yeah, I guess that if Michigan, since they probably lost to Ohio State by 30, I think people, they probably would have They would not have made it. Yeah. But as a state, I think they were, what, eighth in the eight, number, ranked number eight in the country? Sitting eight or, as eight or seven. Was but, yeah, they would have shook out a little differently. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, the most important thing about, uh, you know, the, the semifinals, obviously, was uh, 79 points scored in that <laughs> Alabama game. That was absolutely the most important thing in that game by far. Do you want to? Uh, that was your that lock sucked. of the year. Oh, I went 0-4 on Saturday. <laughs> it was horrible. I got to tell you this, Matt, too. Uh, when it got down to uh, Alabama, can, Alab- you, can you tell them how you watched the game first off your whole oh, like, Sunday plan? Yeah, this is this is this is definitely an old man thing, without a doubt. So, so I told you I was going to Greta Van Fleet Saturday night, right? Yep. And we also had the college semifinal games on Saturday, so. You know, I was screwed. I was either going to have to just check it on my phone and miss out or, uh, or do what I did. I DVR'd both games. Classic. So, yeah, so I watched Michigan live. Almost for, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But then we took off to Detroit. I had both uh, the Clemson-Notre Dame and Alabama-Oklahoma game on the DVR. And on top of this, this is what Jared really is annoyed with, that I also had all set the DVR for the Lions game because I didn't want to miss it. I wanted to see it. I watched Lions Game in, game out. Doesn't matter. So we got home. I went to, went to mass on Sunday morning. Got home about eleven and started cranking through the DVR. I did not know the results of the game at all. You know, it was just like watching it live. Didn't have to put up with the commercials. 
zipped through the halftime. So, you know, I was done watching the college football games by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and then right to the third football game, the Lions and the Packers. And how about that? They, uh, they actually looked like they wanted to play. Yeah. No, that's impressive, actually, that, that you avoided seeing the, the scores of the semifinal games. Now, that's, that's really, and there's probably not even that many people my age that would do that, but that's definitely something, something in my age group, right? You guys, no way in hell could do something like that. It'd be tough. I don't think any of our pod listeners would be on my side on that one. There'd be very few. I, I like it because you were, you know, it's... You had something else to do. You had a concert. Yes. Whereas in the past, you just kind of like purposely like don't watch the game just so you can watch it on DVR. Like, no, no, you're you're getting it all wrong. I whenever I DVR games, it's because I got something else going on. I love how much we talk about you DVR <laughs> games. By the way, <laughs> it's a hot topic on the spot. I guess it is, but I, I know I know I'm uh, definitely a rare bird on that one, but. My wife's right with me. She's a huge football fan, and if we can both avoid the scores, it's just like watching it live, you know. And really, like you said, you can zip through the games a lot faster. Absolutely. So, so that was uh, that's what my uh, that's what my DVR schedule was the, on I, I, Saturday. That's my real problem is you watched the whole Lions game when it had really like no impact on their season. That's pretty it sad. It was a blowout. That's pretty sad, isn't it? It is. It's pretty sad. It tells you what kind of Lion fan I am. I am a true diehard Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> and I've, oh, I've, I've talked about it with some buddies, and I, like, I have a group chat with some friends, and we talk about the Lions a lot, and there's a couple of us, there's basically me and one other guy that are on the same board with you. Like When people talk about the Lions tanking for a draft pick or whatever, it's tough for me to want that because I, I don't care if it's this past game against the Packers. That means absolutely nothing. I love seeing the Lions win. Yeah, and you know it might not have meant anything, but it was the Lions beating the Packers' ass at Lambeau. Now let's wrap up on some Lions talk. But before we do, the Corona Connections, a publication founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students to connect, view the entire Corona Connection paper online every month, both on Facebook and at CoronaConnection.com, and also join the Corona Public Schools winning team today. Find out why nearly 40% make it their school of choice, whether young or old. It's great to be gold. Now. We've talked about that, you know, I watched the Lions-Packers game from front to end, and they did hurt themselves in that, going from uh, the fifth draft choice to the eighth draft choice. Do we care about that? No. I mean, obviously there's a little difference. I think around that, you know, five to eight, five to ten mark is you're getting the same, you know, a similar caliber player maybe, you know. But if they, if they would have dropped from, like, the number four or five down to 15 or something, that would be a big difference. Well, they made a move. Maybe uh, maybe Harbaugh can hire Jim Bob Cooter to be his offensive coordinator. He's out. I didn't like that move at okay. all. What, I, and I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Like, I remember earlier this year, like, we were very happy that Matt Patricia decided to keep Jim Bob Cooter on as, like, the offensive coordinator. Before the season and started, you're eyes, right. It's like, the only thing that changed was Patricia sort of started overseeing Jim Harbaugh style, like, this offense. And that's why it sort of faltered. Obviously, they got rid of Golden Tate, and, you know, they lost Gary Johnson, the injury. Right. But I don't know. Like, they just were so good the last couple of years, and then what changed? The only thing that changed is the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if, the, you know, the skill players, obviously, it seemed like every week he was having, like, new uh, wide receivers plugged into the offense. Zach, they had to bring Zach Zenner back yeah, from I mean, playing rugby or whatever the hell he was doing <laughs> to, to play running back. So, like, I think that had something to do with it. He was playing with new skill players almost every week. But the main reason, I, I just, like – you know, Stafford having the familiarity with Jim Bob Cooter, you know, not having to go into another offseason learning a new offense and everything. So now he's going to have to do that. 
But, you know, Bob Quinn, he, he had a presser today, and he said, you know, people obviously asked if they're going to trade Stafford. And he said, no, we're, Stafford's our guy. You know, and, and that's, I think, what most people expected. And I don't know what you guys think, but I'm on the side that, you know what, if you're saying Stafford's your guy, you know, I think he's still got like three or four years left on his deal. You got to do something. It's like go out, trade for Antonio Brown, who apparently wants out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, why not? Trade for Odell Beckham if you have to. Because, like, signing these are, you know, like, Jared, I think you've said before in, in the NFL draft, they're probably just going to draft some other guard or another <laughs> tackle, something like that. You know, nothing that's going to be that big of a splash, some other random, like, defensive end or something like that. Like, you got to do something. You've got a quarterback that is at least, at best, he, he's a good quarterback in the NFL. He might not be on the Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers level, you know, but he's a good NFL quarterback. you got to do something. You, you trade Golden Tate away, and he's the best receiver that he's had since Megatron. So it's like do, you do something to help the guy out. Yeah, and I kind of liked, liked Quinn's statement. He obviously had to say that, but I hope, it, I hope it's true. I hope the sincerity is there, and he's saying, hey, look, I'm not going to answer this question anymore. Matt Stafford's our quarterback, and, and he, he's going to run the show, and we're going to build around him. And I agree with you, Matt. The Lions got to now show it. But, you know, there's not that many quarterbacks out there that are better than Matt Stafford. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, I, I think we all kind of are on the same boat with Stafford, that we think he's the guy going forward. But, yeah. I mean, you just looked at his numbers this year. I mean, it's the worst Lions offense we've had since 2009 in basically every single category. Right. Also, I mean, Matt, you did mention that he has kind of had turnover like his whole career. I mean, this is like his fourth offensive coordinator he's had. And it's just the players around him. And you got Zach Zenner out there at running back for him. I mean, yeah. why is it that the Lions fans always just kind of revert to the whole Matt Stafford argument? I know. I kind of hate hearing about it all the time, but I here know. we are. We're, here we're we are again. Yeah. Why is it that case? I don't know. I don't know. One thing that we do I mean, have to they, look forward they to. They finally, you know, it, this, this is just back to the same old Lions, Lions curse. They finally seem to, it looked like they drafted a, a running back, on Johnson. He has a few hundred-yard games, messes his knee up. So hopefully he's good to go next year. Yep. That'll be a big deal. I don't want to see Zach Zenner getting 20 carries a game. You know, nice kid. I'm sure he's, he's a good dude and everything like that. But he's not an every down back in the NFL. With the LeGarrette Blunt experiment, that clearly did not work no. out. I don't know what you guys think about Kenny Galladay. Everyone's saying he's like baby Megatron. I think he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he's like a go-to number one guy in the NFL. So I just I want to see him do something. I don't care. Trade trade every draft pick if you can for Antonio Brown or something. I'd be all for that. I really something would. We got to do something. Something. Two things we do have to look forward to, and you guys tell me which one you're more excited for. The possibility of Charlie Weiss stepping in as offensive coordinator. <laughs> he has ties to Patricia. Tried to take him to Notre Dame with him back in the olden days, 2005 or whenever that was. And also the possibility we're one in five chance of being on hard knocks this offseason. Wow. Well, my number one, the number one thing I'd like to see, I, I kind of like the idea of Weiss for some <laughs> reason. But, but I, I, wanna, I want the Lions on hard knocks without a doubt. I was going to say, I, I saw they, they were a possible choice for Hard Knocks. I thought you guys would love that. Oh, love hell it. yes. I mean, and, and I asked uh, in the Lost Pod, I asked uh, <laughs> Ted this, like, unbiased fan, Matt, out of these five teams, the Oakland Raiders, you got John Gruden, the New York Giants, you obviously have Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. The Redskins, I think we can agree they have nothing to offer on Hard Knocks. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, then you got the Lions, maybe a Stafford backstory, Patricia. Seeing how, seeing how Patricia operates, you know. I mean, he probably wouldn't show Mad anything. scientist. Oh, he who, has to. As an unbiased fan, Matt, who would you want to see on Hard Knocks this year? Oh, I, unbiased fan, I, fan or no fan, I think the Lions would be really? one of the most boring Hard Knocks oh, ever. Oh, okay. I think, I think, have you ever seen 
Patricia's press conferences. Exactly. He's yeah. like, he's I don't think he'd be fun yeah. on Hard Knocks at all. And Stafford, yeah, he's got a smoking hot wife, but they've got <laughs> twin twin babies, and I think they've got babies on the way again. So yep. it's not like Stafford's going to be like going out and doing anything fun. He's going home to his kids all the time. You know, I think the Lions would almost like – Hard Knocks would be canceled after the Lions if they had it because it would probably be the worst season of Hard Knocks ever. It's got to be the Raiders. You got to get the Raiders yeah, with John, John Gruden and all yeah. those guys out oh. there. I think it'd be fun. I guess I guess Matt's got the voice of reality, yeah, and my fans, my I said the Lions, right? What was your reason to get? I don't remember. I don't remember now. It was just I think it's mostly the because, Matt Stafford backstory. No, I think it's just because I'm a huge Lion fans, which I've obviously made very clear mm-hmm. here watching the Lions and the Packers from start to finish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it'd be fun to see the Lions on there, you know, like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch it and stuff, but I just, I don't know what, what it would be like interesting about that Lions team. I don't think Patricia is like, you know, what the Browns had that like offensive line coach who that big old huge dude, yeah. you know, that was always fun. Bob Wiley. I, I, Patricia would probably just like write a big novel and teach everyone about like rocket science. Or so, something. so basically what you're saying, which we've had this argument I guess it's not an argument, but this this look at the Lions, the culture of the Lions would just bring Hard Knocks down. Yeah, everyone would be depressed when they watch Hard Knocks after watching the Lions. And I mean, and I hate to say it, like it's the only thing that would kind of get me excited for the Lions next year. We've said it before. There's nothing about this team that's like right. gets you going. You no. know. Uh, quick predictions. We won't talk Wild Card Weekend, but uh, Super Bowl winners. Let's uh, let's throw it out there right now. Who do you see in the Super Bowl? Matt, do you want to give yours first? It's hard for me. I, I I don't want to sound like like a Michigan homer or whatever. It's hard for me, kind of like Alabama almost, to bet against the Patriots to come out of the AFC. So I, I do think the Patriots will get there. And you know what? I, I have a feeling, I don't know what, I think Big Dick Nick, I think the Eagles are going to wow. turn. Wow. Jump on those odds. Back to the Super Bowl. I don't know what it is. They're playing well right now. Three, so the Eagles and the Patriots. 3,000 to 1 odds. I just saw those earlier today. Is and it they really? kind of jumped out to me. I was like, man. That's something maybe to jump on. For- yeah. Why not? One dollar, a couple dollars? Yeah. Well, I, I'm and, I, and, and, and again, like I saw it, and I thought that was preposterous. Like, man, why, why wouldn't I just throw $2 on that? Why not? But the, What are you guys going with? I'm, I'm just mine, – mine's generic. I'm going to go Patriots and uh, Saints. Okay. Oh, yeah, the Saints. Yep, that, yeah, that's a hell of a pick. Yeah, I feel I, – and, and then here we are, you know, kind of agreeing here. I feel, I'm generic yeah. as well. Not not great pod material, but right. yeah. Yeah, well, Saints and Patriots. We, I think the same – a lot of things Matt said. Yep. Patriots, how can you go against them? Especially then, now that they got home field at least till the, the final round of the conference, right? And then Drew yeah. Brees and the New, York, New Orleans Saints. I mean, for the yeah. first time in the last few years, they're going to have – I think they're a team on a mission. We saw it last year when they had the whole Minnesota miracle or whatever happened against them. They're going to be a team on a mission, and yep. Drew Brees, how can you bet against them? Drew Brees, and they also got one of the better coaches in the league. You yeah, know, Sean Payton. He's, he's a good yeah, coach. Especially at home. Absolutely. All right, guys, anything uh, else? I, you, you guys were talking about a bet. When I was in studio a couple weeks for the pod – I'm trying to remember now. You guys threw out a bet. Was it for the Michigan game? I haven't seen the money yet. This was no. Yeah, it's ten dollars. I owe you ten dollars. I know That's that. Okay. Actually, we, I don't know. We, I don't, can, we can run a tab if you want. See, like the millennials, how we do things is we. Have you heard of the app Venmo? Oh, yeah. Venmo. Yeah. What is that? It's so you can I just transfer <laughs> money to you from my phone to your phone. Oh, I don't. Your bank account. I don't have that. I like a, I like a ten dollar bill, yeah, nice I mean. and crisp. I don't have cash on me, so it's like <laughs> that's kind of the predicament uh, we're in. I right thought now. Jared, you were going to pay him in Bitcoin or something. <laughs> and what, well, once again, we did do the bet, but that was your lock of the year, wasn't it? Alabama and Oklahoma, well, the over 81, eight and a half. Is that 79? Oh, right, right. And I know it was 79. They're five yard line, they take a deal. I mean, that like crushed my heart. Hey, I got to tell you too, Matt, I had ten, a big $10 on the line. <laughs>
I was juiced, man, when they got it inside the 10-yard line, and I'm yelling at the TV, you got to take a knee, you got to take a knee. He did. This is on the day afterwards, by the way. This is Sunday. <laughs> and it was. Afterwards. You're right. <laughs> I, yeah, so Jared, Jared already knew that he lost the bet and didn't ruin it. And for I wish because I would have totally sent you a text if that night, Saturday night, if Alabama had, uh, or if the, if it had hit it over eighty, and I would have just spoiled. Oh, the I ke- I kept it. my DVR and on the down low, I wasn't gonna release that to you <laughs> or Matt. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Have you watched Remember the Titans? But yeah, I'm uh, still waiting. I, I, I'm having surgery, as you know, so I'll be watching. Do you remember that the spoiler that I gave out? To you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's okay. I won't okay. say anything more. I feel right. kind of bad about it because that, that was I didn't think you were bad. ever going to watch it. That was but. pretty bad. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, anything else we want to wrap this up with? Well, you, you mentioned a surgery. You're getting a new hip, right? Uh, yep, I'm getting a titanium uh, brand-new left hip. Yeah, that's sur- cyborg. That's right. Surgery's on Monday. Knock on wood, everything goes well. But uh, I'm looking forward to walking around without pain. So I'm going to be uh, taking about a, a pot or two break while you guys take over, and then I'll be back uh, stronger than ever. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to be without our host. Who knows where that thing will go? Oh, man, it, probably the ratings will go sky high. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> we do remember the I'll argument. be Wally Pip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except we won't even replace you with anyone, so oh. I'm not. But but I get what you're saying, Wally Pip. Yeah, okay. The one that we talk about that us millennials say is uh, Drew Bledsoe. Oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. probably a lot more relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then look what happened. Brady was never giving up that job. No. Absolutely. Neither did uh, who even who Wally Pippen, Luke Gehrig. Is that who it was? Luke Gehrig. Okay. Yeah, the I Iron Man. I, you did pretty good. But this is dragging on. But. All right, let's call it a show, guys. Uh, everybody out there, do us a favor. Share this three point podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, or tune in. Be a part of a future pod. We'd love to hear your voices. We've had some of you on some of our past pods, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a short commentary, maybe a question, and uh, post it at our podcast page, Twitter, Instagram at 3PointPod. You can also email us at 3PointPod at gmail.com. And again, thanks to our podcasting partners, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Corona Public Schools, and Z92.5 The Castle. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan production, and again, thanks for listening to 3 Point Podcast. I would throw it all away I just keep on wishing that the money might stay You ain't never cared about that bullshit anyway I just keep on wishing that the money might stay